It starts early, really early. I mean, think on it for a second. Before a child is even born, you start wondering, when's the due date? Are they going to be on time? Are they going to be late? Are they going to show up on time? Is, is this child going to come at the time that the doctors have said they're going to come? Are they going to be born at the average weight? Are they going to be a little bit lower, a little bit more? Are they going to take their first steps on time? When are they going to transition from soft food into hard food? When are they going to speak? Is it going to be mom or is it going to be dad? Or is it going to be something else that completely catches us off guard like dog or banana? I mean, it, so early we start looking at the performance of things. And it doesn't end there. Grades come. Are the grades good enough? Jobs come. Am I hitting my evaluation well enough? Is the pay due for what I'm working? Or am I working more than what my pay is due? Am I being a good enough friend? Am I being a good enough child? Am I being a good enough spouse? Am I on and on, in every step of our life, we look at the performance of how we're doing, how somebody else is doing, whether or not they're measuring up. And each step is a judgment basis, right? And it's not wrong. It's a good thing. We, we need to keep some kind of tabs on what's going on. You know, if you're an employer and you've got employees who aren't working, their job is not based upon a promise. Their job is based upon performance right? That's why we have performance evaluations. That's why we have to do those things. And performance in many ways is a very good thing and a very good marker, especially as we relate to one another. As we take care of one another and we see where somebody may be hurting or lacking and we're able to give and care. See, I think ever since the fall, our eyes have gotten pretty focused in on that performance side of things. See, because that was kind of Satan's whole deal, right? I mean, when he was talking to Adam and Eve, and they were created in promise. They were created in the midst of promise, given work to do, but the relationship that God had with them was based on promise. He was there as their creator promised everything for their good, gave them everything for their good before they had even taken a breath. And Satan said, yeah, but look what you can do. Look what you can know. Look what you can accomplish. Look what you can understand and what you can hold on to. From that day forward, continues to take our eyes and pull them in to look at ourselves and wonder whether or not we're doing good enough. You see, for daily life, performance may be fine. But for a relationship before God, performance isn't going to get us there. And the two people we have in Scripture today are beautifully pointed to by Paul, who writes in Romans. So as Paul looks back, to Abraham, and he brings up the faith of Abraham. If you've forgotten who Abraham was, he was an outsider. He was not necessarily part of the family of God. Now, he's pre-Ishmael. He's pre-Israel. He's pre-all of that, right? He's like Israel's grandpa, okay? But he was a pagan worshiper. He, he didn't worship Yahweh. 
just a few generations off of Noah from the son of Shem. And God brings them in. He says, hey, to you, I'm going to make a promise. Many descendants are going to come from you. See, and with that promise, like any other good promise of the day, there had to be a covenant made. And in that covenant, as God made the covenant with Abraham, normally what they would end up doing is setting out all the necessary things for the covenant. And it was a very physical thing. There would be pieces of animal and all kinds of different stuff laid out on two sides. And the deal was that the two people would walk together through the middle of those things And there was kind of a way in which they would both walk through and say, we are in this covenant together. But see, when God made the covenant with Abraham, he said, Abraham, you stand over there because I'm going to walk through this for both of us. See, he wasn't worried about Abraham's performance at that part. He was worried more about his promise. And not so much worried, but confident in his promise that he would not only do his part, but he was also promise to take care of Abraham's part because he knew Abraham wasn't perfect and so he takes somebody completely outside of everything and he says I'm going to do the work that normally would be your job and I'm going to take care of that as a promise and I'm going to bring a savior through your line through the many descendants for the whole world And then we have Nicodemus on the other hand. And Nicodemus on the other hand was definitely a son of Israel. He was definitely one who was following the law, definitely one who was focused upon his performance as a Pharisee, as a religious leader, as a teacher. And at night he comes at the feet of Jesus and he says, Teacher, help me understand all this. And Jesus says, yeah, you just got to start over. Got to be born again, right? See, because we're born into flesh. We're born into the corrupted nature of things because of sin. We're born into this idea of performance and trying to measure up before God. And we're born into all of that. And we can set standards that are achievable for ourselves when we forget that God's expectation for performance is perfection. Sometimes we want to alter that a little bit so that we can wrap our heads around an idea of what perfection might look like. And so as Nicodemus comes to him and he says, help me understand all of this. And Jesus says, yeah, you got to be born again. Which basically meant you got to start from the beginning. Take everything you've learned, Nicodemus, in all the years of being a Pharisee. Take everything you've learned in all the years of synagogue. Take everything you have learned and I'm asking you to start at square one. Realize it's not based upon your performance, Nicodemus, but it's based upon faith, like Abraham. And Nicodemus is an interesting character. You see, that's the first moment that we see of Nicodemus in John. And then it's a little while later, we see Nicodemus come back, standing before the rest of the Pharisees as they're trying to figure out what they need to do to kill Jesus, to end this movement that Jesus is starting, to end this religious rebellion that's going on. And Nicodemus says, are we doing the right thing? Maybe we should listen to this guy. And they all kind of scoff at him. And then the next time we see Nicodemus is at a burial, at Jesus' burial. 
as Nicodemus is bringing enough ointment and enough things to take care of a king and walks down to the tomb for the burial preparations of Jesus, understanding the promise that Jesus gave him. You see, and so there's so many times where we will start to look at our performance. And if you focus in on your performance hard enough and long enough, if you focus in on what that performance looks like before God, it's probably going to leave you in a moment of despair. It's probably going to leave you in a moment of wondering, have I done enough? Because you will never know whether or not you have done enough when you focus upon all the things that you do, at least before God. But when you see that your relationship is based on a promise, a promise that God has made to you, a promise that God holds on to, and a promise that God fulfills, that despair is gone. Because you know that the weight of holding on to the relationship between you and God is not based upon your performance, but it's based upon God's promise that he loves you, that he sent his son into the world to die for you and rise for you, that he has forgiven your sins, not because of what you do, but because of what he has promised. And so as you wake up each morning You get to rest in the fact that you are a child of God. Promises poured over your head in baptism as God holds on to you in every single moment of your life. And when you are down and out and hurting and Satan has taken your eyes and focused them in on yourself and pointing at you saying, look at all that you haven't done. You can say, yeah, Satan, and you forgot some. But God has promised life. God has promised forgiveness. God has given me forgiveness as a gift. In Jesus. Because his performance was perfect. And his performance is perfect. And his performance is given to you as a promise. So you can rest in Jesus' performance done on your behalf. You can rest in the promise that God does love you. That God has forgiven you. And that you are his child. It's like Jesus said, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save it. So that it wouldn't perish. That it would have eternal life. And resting in those promises, you can smile a little. You can let the fears subside. You can know that when the day comes that you are called home by God, that that's exactly where you are called, is to his side, to Jesus' arms, to his presence. Knowing that that promise is real, knowing that that promise is true, because God has given his son for you. Seems like an odd thing, right? When we look at our performance and we say, how could God give his son for me. And that part doesn't always make sense. Because we know who we are. We need to trust again that God knows who you are too. He knows that he made you. He knows that he loves you. He knows that you are worth dying for. And so Jesus did. 
and he lives for you so that you will live also. A promise, sure and certain. All because of what he has done for you in Christ. Amen. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have poured out for your creation in Jesus. We thank you for the promise that though we doubt at times, you guide us through by your Spirit. When we question, you continue to bring answers. And you work through your church by your Spirit to point us unto Jesus, to know that what he has done is for our good, for our good to bring us to you, to bring us into everlasting life that is sure and certain now and will be realized someday to come. And we pray, Lord, come quickly. Deliver your creation from all the struggles, from death and from all the things that harm it so that life with you will be all that there is. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen.